Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of GDT Tuesday on the Everegg Podcast. I am your host, Cody, with me, Mr. John Spainhauer from Chicago. John, how are we doing? Codiddle, it's great to be here. Uh, doing really well. Good, good. Well, I'm glad we get to talk today. Not as much fireworks as we've had in previous GDT auctions. Uh, actually, pretty much unchanged from last event on this GDT. What kind of synopsis can you give us? on what transpired through this one. Yeah, you know, Cody, it's interesting you bring that up. It's not almost unchanged. It was exactly unchanged on the uh, grand composite. So we had a 0.0% change uh, on the composite. But if we look dig deeper into some of that, it, it does look very, very boring. And in fact, it was kind of a boring auction. But that doesn't mean there's nothing that we can't walk away from here in terms of uh, what's going on. Let me begin with saying that we saw the, the whole milk powder decrease just slightly. Slightly, and skim milk powder increased just slightly. So, you know, th- those are two that we're really going to focus on here. But just in general, what's important about this being a, a relatively unchanged auction is the fact that the skim milk powder price went higher. It is now right around a dollar fifty. Our skim milk powder, our non-fat powder price, came in today below a uh, dollar forty, and as a result of today's auction, rallied got up to above $1.40. On the cheese side, you know, on their cheddar side, they they traded in at about a buck 94. That's still above the US price. And then finally the butter price edged higher to 216. So, just in general, what we saw here was as we prices on the on the uh, auction that you know we're able to easily compare to the US prices not only did they edge a little bit higher but they also are still well above the US prices and i think that's important because that's just going to continue to open up some export opportunities here uh, i think we've seen some really great export opportunities i think we've seen some you know big exports actually go down despite the transportation issues that we may or may not be having out there but then I think this opens the door for more of those opportunities. Absolutely. So, John, from what you're saying, I mean, you're you're thinking this is more of a, a price supportive GDT with their prices compared to ours, then kind of a, across the board, or at least on those top three that you had mentioned: butter, cheese, and and skim milk. That's correct. I, I'm not going to walk away from this saying, "Boy, this is a monumentally bullish, uh, you know, response that we got out of the GDT." But what I will say is, I think we can real class easily classify this as supportive to the U.S. price where we're at, especially with the discount that the U.S. prices are trading at. One last thing I'd love to add to the discussion here is that Chinese purchasing, you know, if we look at it in terms of last year, Chinese purchasing was down 39%. Again, that shouldn't come out be too far outside of expectations. If you remember two, three, or here in Chicago, two, three months ago, we saw the volumes on the auction get cut pretty substantially. And again, the Fonterra response as to why that happened was because they were cutting deals directly with buyers. We'll suspect those buyers were Chinese buyers. So, uh, and again, there was less purchased on the auction 
year over year by the Chinese specifically on this auction. However, we believe that they've just contracted directly. So it's really hard to tell, is China buying less or are they buying more? On the auction itself, they are buying a little bit less. However, it's important to point out that what we're seeing here is other areas of the world starting to step up. Specifically, we had the Middle East buy 49% more than they bought last year. We haven't seen them buy this much powder, or excuse me, not just this much powder, but this much product since going back to the beginning of 2020, and then finally going to Southeast Asia, they bought only 2% more year over year. But if we compare that to the past, we haven't seen them buy this much since May of 2019. So really seeing some of the other areas of the world step in to buy and do an auction that has less products. Therefore, you get you know, a, a relatively buoyant marketplace. And I think in itself, this auction is just really supportive of international dairy prices. And again, specifically, as we bring it back here to the U.S., I'll say it's supportive and leads room for some more upside. And John, last uh, episode, two weeks ago, we had talked about China uh, possibly buying off the exchange, which would bring more players to the exchange on the GDT auction. Do you think, from what you just mentioned about um, you know, Europe, uh, European countries, and, and South Asia. Do you think that's what we're seeing right now as a result of China maybe coming into some of their personal suppliers and taking product away? I don't know that I can necessarily say that we're we're at that point yet. It, it's it's very potentially possible that that's what's happening, Cody. Um, I'm just not able to say that people are buying more from New Zealand because. China is, you know, is taking away more too. You know, I, I just, I'm just not there yet, but I, I can definitely say that the Chinese buying and the removal of product from the auction has meant that New Zealand has less to go out and, and market and sell. And we might be seeing some of people that might contract directly in the past, they're being forced to the auction themselves. What I do think is important to point out is that if we look at you know the action that we saw on here specifically as it relates to skim milk powder we saw some of the the, the european prices on this auction trade up almost as high as the new zealand price we haven't seen those two prices come together in quite a very long time i i apologize for not having a specific date to give you in terms of when we saw that. But we saw one of the uh, powders in Europe trade almost on par with New Zealand. I guess what I would say to that is that kind of echoes what we're seeing happening in Europe right now on a more broad base. And I hate to pivot off of the GDT back to Europe, but I think it is very important to point out that at this moment in time, there appears to be a, another milk production issue taking place in Europe. If you remember earlier in this year, we pointed out that, hey, European milk production is, is below expectations. And then for whatever reason, it kind of corrected itself. Maybe there was uh, some bad weather. We were never fully able to explain it. But now we're actually starting to see some milk production numbers that are surprisingly low again in the major production countries like France, Germany, and Holland. I think we've seen an average of about being down 3% year over year when we compare the last few weeks. 
this is a major milk production issue that needs to be paid attention to. And as a result, European milk prices or European dairy product prices have moved higher across the board. We've seen it in cheese. We've seen it in butter. We've seen it in whey. We've seen it in skim. And I think that what we're seeing here on this auction, at least on the skim milk powder, is people are you know looking for an alternative to what might have been their supplier you know out of Europe. Seeing the Middle East pop up as high as they did here, you know the Middle East is typically a buyer out of Europe, and if Europe doesn't have it, they will go to New Zealand. So I, I really feel like this auction and some of the behavior on there is relatively reflective of you know, what we're seeing happen in Europe. And and I guess I, I mentioned that to say that, you know, we do compete directly with New Zealand on the world market. There's no doubt about that. But if we were to look at it from a standpoint of who the 500 pound gorilla in the room is going to be in terms of both milk production and our export competitor, I would tend to look more towards Europe than New Zealand. And when I see European milk production as low as it is right now and prices moving higher, I look at that and say, wow, that that's a real turning of the tide. And, and just in, in itself, that's going to drive world prices higher. But specifically, it's also going to open up some opportunities for the U.S. Again, I, I feel like we probably compete more directly with Europe than we do with New Zealand. So I think if, if Europe is having a milk production issue and their prices go higher, not only are we there from a price advantage, but you know it really kind of gets them out of the way potentially in some of our markets. And I wouldn't doubt it if we don't see the Middle East pop up here for some butter and nonfat and cheese here in the next few weeks. Just to add to that, there's a very, in the past, there's been a very strong correlation between dairy product purchasing from the Middle East. The direct correlation would be the higher oil prices go. A lot of times, the, the higher the demand goes for dairy products. And then, if quite the opposite, when crude oil prices move lower, we see demand pull back a little bit. If you were to look at crude oil right now, those crude oil prices are really doing a dance. Dece crude is at 78.67, just from, uh, I'm looking at a monthly here. See, 2014. 2014. And again, I, I really, really hate that all conversations in the dairy industry this year seem to be saying, but remember 2014. Right. Or we haven't been this we haven't been this high in two, since 2014. But the fact of the matter is, is and you know, and nonfat, we haven't been this high since 2014. Right. <laughs> like we just haven't. Right. Um, and, and I really, I don't want to draw too much of a parallel there, but I do think that that's kind of underpinning the market. And, you know, if we see the supply on the international market continue to disappoint and we continue to see demand stay as high as it is, I will not rule out that there's not room for more upside on all these dairy products and potentially getting into some levels that we haven't seen in quite some time, specifically on the nonfat and the butter side. So, Cody, I know that's a, a long-winded explanation to a fairly boring auction result. But again, I, I think it just really just shows us that we're consolidating that international price at a really high level. And I, I guess I just don't see the reasoning for lower prices right now, both here in the U.S. or on the international market. No, I, I appreciate that. And I think you brought up a good point with the crude price being as high as it's been since 2000. 2014. I know that's probably not uh, something that a lot of folks look at or even think about when looking at 
you know, dairy prices globally and domestically. But as you brought up, it's a it's a big contributor. And that's something that we we definitely need to keep our eyes on. With that, it is going to wrap up another GDT Tuesday with Mr. John Spainhauer. John, we appreciate you being here, man. I'm always happy to be here, Cody. Cool. Well, we will be doing this dance again in about two weeks. So everybody tune back in then and we'll see what dairy prices have got in store for us at that point. Thank you.